Welcome to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. No more pencils, no more books, and before you know it, no more travel restrictions. Before making our oral presentations about theme parks, we talk about the travel industry starting to wake up from the quarantine blues. Strap on your magic band and say hi to Shamu. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventure Society. The camera fades in on a high school library and tracks between the stacks of books until it comes to rest on a letter laying on a table. Over a montage of your friendly neighborhood adventurers getting up to library-centric shenanigans, a voiceover reads, Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it is we did wrong, but we think you're crazy for making us write an essay telling you who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. What we found out is that each one of us is a travel agent, and a globetrotting archaeologist, and a crusty old sea captain a theme park junkie, and a jungle cruise skipper. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, the Gold Key Adventure Society. And I was just wondering um, if you guys were, if we were all stuck in detention together, uh, what teen movie personality stereotype would you guys represent? I'd probably be the guy who got his buns taped together by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the smartass with the heart of gold. Uh-huh. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> I would except be more like except for the heart of gold part. I'm wondering where that is. No, I have a mean exterior, but I'll do anything. I would probably be more like Andy from Pretty and Fairly nerdy, not completely nerdy. Was, <laughs> yeah. At least you're not James Spader from that. No. <laughs> what was his name? Val or something. Blaine. Yeah. Blaine. Blaine. No, yeah. Blaine, Blaine was no, uh, Blaine. Matthew. No, whatever. The main character. Blaine. <laughs> that's not a name. That's a major appliance. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have to make a confession. I've seen neither that movie nor The Breakfast Club. Wait a minute. Really? <laughs> what? That's <laughs> y'all. All right. I don't need, I don't need to see The Breakfast you stop Club. right now. <laughs> the Breakfast Club is especially good. Yes. Yeah, I guess. I feel like you probably missed the boat on that one, seeing it in yeah, your adult. Yeah, I've made it this far. No, it yeah. still ages really well. Yeah, I I've watched it. We watched it, it fairly recently yeah. with Wyatt. Well, no, I'm not he loves it. I'm not saying it doesn't age well. I'm just saying, like, for your first time to see it in your adult years, um, yeah, it probably maybe. doesn't click as well. It's, it's kind of like reading uh, um, The Outsiders. No, I love The Outsiders. No, I was going to say, I read that once a year. Uh, no, what's that stupid Oh, uh, the catcher in the rye. Oh. It's like when you're when you're in high school, everybody identifies with Holden Caulfield, and yeah. once you're a grown up, you realize that he's just a whiny jerk. <laughs> yes. I thought that guy was a dickhead that. when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I me too. <laughs> I I never understood why the, all my teachers told me I was supposed to identify with this book so much. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> yeah. And as far as teen movie person, actually, I don't think I'm a 
not so much a teen as I realize the older I get and the more time I spend with my children, I I'm turning more into, uh, more into Dave Coulier, and you know what? I'm uh, a while ago. I would have been terrified by that, but I'm I'm kind of okay with that. Was he you know? Uncle Joey? Yeah, Uncle Joey. Joey. I couldn't think yep. of. Who, yeah, I'm okay with being the Uncle. I like that you could remember Dave Coulier, but, <laughs> 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 but not the character's name. <laughs> I think if I'm being honest, around work at Key to the World Travel, I'm probably more like Mr. Vernon. Grab some wood, bub. <laughs> Two months. Wait, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, uh, let's get to the show. Uh, this week our show is brought to you, as always, by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details. And a no obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Uh, hey, Jess, tell us. Tell us what happened this week in theme park history. Well, a lot happened this week in theme park history. Um, being that this is usually Memorial Day week, this is when a lot of things have opened throughout the year. So I'm going to pick some some highlights. Um, up first on May 27th in 1977, Space Mountain opened at Disneyland, um, which was the, as we talked about before, the second Space Mountain to open after Walt Disney World. And generally considered inferior. From what I've heard. What? No? Disneyland? Disneyland's? Yeah. Disneyland. Now that it's been no, Disneyland oh. is better. Yeah. Yeah, they got it right. They realized, oh, yes. people might like to sit together without straddling each other. Well, plus they <laughs> gave it a new track a few years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't hurt your life. It's a side-by-side car instead of a toboggan. It's way better. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. Uh, also on May 27th, but in uh, 2017, Pandora, the World of Avatar, opened at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And America shrugged. <laughs> Except for Flight of Passage. I, yeah. It's still a great yeah. ride. It's, I like the whole area. It's an amazing ride. And that land will make a great Wakanda someday. So <laughs> oh. boom, come at me. Um, Good point. Good point. <laughs> on May 28th in 1999, Universal's Islands of Adventure Park opened mm, its doors. My favorite. Is that your favorite out of the, the Universal Parks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe of all parks. I love it. Oh, nice. Um, and let's see, May 31st, 2012, the first phase of Art of Animation Resort opened at Walt Disney World, which was the, they started with the Finding Nemo section. And I just stayed After there. After it sat empty for years as the mm-hmm. failed like, as Pop the cl- Century expansion. Yeah, it was going to be the legendary years of Pop Century. And uh, it never became that. After Who uh, doesn't love the 1930s? Right. Yeah, that's what threw me <laughs> off. Is that I love Pop Century. It's one of my favorite resorts. It. I, I love the theming of the 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 decades they pick. The kitsch, there. The pitch, yeah, the exactly. Decades. Uh, I don't under. I don't know how like how excited I'd be to eat in a Great Gatsby food court or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it doesn't. Yeah. Fit. So, luckily, it's art of animation. <laughs> and finally, on May thirty first of last year, twenty nineteen, Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland. <gasps> Remember Star Wars, you guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels weird that that was a year ago. And uh, now it's it's closed. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It fell off the edge. Grand yeah. opening, grand closing. Grand closing. <laughs> grand reopening. Soon. Hopefully, maybe. Soon, possibly. soon. Yeah. So those are the big things from this week in theme park history. I like it. Uh, hey, Heather, TSA's got some new rules for us. 
They do indeed. Not too, not too extreme. Most of them are really about not having the TSA officer have to touch you or your boarding no pass more body or cavity your things. Search for yeah. me, no yeah. matter how much extra I offer to pay them. So the first, <laughs> the first thing is that you will no longer hand your boarding pass to the TSA agent. You will scan your own and then hold it up for them to inspect. Yeah. Um, They are also not requiring, but encouraging you to wear a mask and would like to remind you that the officer may ask you to momentarily remove the mask while they check your ID. Interestingly, it doesn't say anything on here about them not handling your your ID. It says they're going to you're going to scan your boarding pass. But I've looked and I can't find anywhere where it (laughs) says that they're not going to take your ID from you to check. So well, they have to put it under those, you know, machines yeah. to check the So I think they're still going to touch your driver's license. Yeah. Well, see, I feel really bad hearing this now because I just spent an hour drawing a mask on my ID. <laughs> and now you're telling me they're going to ask me to take it off. Yeah, they're going to ask me to match. take it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sharpie. A Sharpie. <laughs> I had then they out. are also asking you to remove any food from your carry-on bag. The way that you already have to remove liquids uh, and electronics, uh, because I guess food is one of the things that often triggers them needing to search your bag. Um, so they're asking you to take your food out. And then this one is what's going to cause a lot in of place by the Chick-fil-A in the airport. Lobby. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what's going to what's going to back things up and take a lot more time is that they're trying to reduce the number of bag searches so the first thing they're going to do if your bag triggers an alarm they're going to make you take it out go back out and go through the line again and yeah that's that's i can see where this is going that'll last about two days yeah (laughs) um they are currently not going to be doing any temperature screening as a requirement, I have heard some reports that airports in New York are doing this and there are airlines that are asking for it. But this wasn't what part of one of the new rules that came out. Um, other than that, it's everything is pretty much the same. They're putting social distancing markers on the floor. Um, but really, it's just them trying to reduce the number of times an agent might have to come into close contact with the people that they're screening. So we'll see how this goes and whether or not it, it backs up lines. I mean, right now there's no, there's not, not a lot of traffic happening. There's not a lot of traffic happening at airports right now. So we'll see. I was hoping that they were going to give up on pretending that people are putting explosives in their shoes. Oh yes. And make <laughs> people not take off their shoes. No, I didn't see anything about that mm, at this bad. point. Well, as long as it makes you feel safe. Exactly. Just, that's exactly. What it is. I and it's interesting because the CDC did finally uh, update their website recently to say that the chances of you getting this from surface. a surface are almost none. So what you need to be focusing on avoiding is the up close uh, personal interaction with other no people. making out with yeah. PSA agents. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So maybe we can finally get people to stop putting their bare feet up on the seats. Oh, wouldn't that Possibly. be great? That wouldn't lots. that be great? Mm-hmm. <laughs> their toe cheese all over your vest. <laughs> yeah, it's like these these rules just rolled out, so it may be a little while before we see how much it's 
causing extra congestion at the airport. That social distancing reminded me there's a picture going around the interwebs and Facebook. I'm sure you guys may have seen it of uh, a public men's room that has the social distancing signs on the floor, but they're six feet (laughs) back from the urinal. (laughs) (laughs) Which I assume means pee from here. <laughs> Stand here. Yeah. And see Challenge. If you it has feet on it. It's round. It's, it has feet on it. It's oh, pictured yeah. as the janitor. They mean to wait for the person, Becky. But you should always <laughs> wait six feet away from the. Yeah, I would hope that. that you would already know that you yeah. don't walk right up behind yeah. a dude. That's just like... kind of men's room etiquette. Beginning. Now you're I, people I'm not. You know, personally familiar with the men's etiquette, but I would think you'd get alarmed if there was a dude standing yeah, one just foot breathing down you. your neck. You done yet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes those urinals at the uh, sports stadium get pretty, pretty up close, and, especially if they're the trough the stuff. Who doesn't love the trough? A lot of older. I'm sorry, a trough. trough? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's literally like a long gutter sort of thing, and a bunch yeah. of dudes. <laughs> Hanging wang to pee together. <laughs> that way you can squeeze more people uh, elbow to elbow that way. It's great. Yeah. It's oh, really community that's time. gross, you guys. <laughs> we didn't invent it. Yeah. yeah, I know. I hate it, too. I'm always like, hey, give me some room. I got to unstrap this thing from my ankle and all. Well, think about the looks <laughs> I get every time I sit down to pee. I mean, God, yeah. people do not the like trough. that. On the trough. Just, just you're supposed to close gross. the door. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> this is why I'm not welcome at the uh, stadium here in Richmond. <laughs> There's a picture of you at the Do not in the urinal, the, <laughs> the trough squatter. <laughs> oh, there's this week's T-shirt idea right there, trough squatter. Uh, well, that means it's time for uh, our newest segment of the show, um, and I've been working on a theme song for it, but I didn't have time to uh, record any music, so it's going to have to be a cappella this week. Um, <clears throat> me, 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 me. For the best travel hacks when you take your trips straight from key to the world travel, it's just the tips. Just the tips. <laughs> That's amazing, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, golden tones, boy. I don't know about that, but uh, this this week's travel tip comes from Tiffany from Massachusetts. Take a listen. Hi, this is Tiffany Harmon from Plymouth, Massachusetts. It's a great idea to contact your bank and credit card company before your vacation to set up a travel notification. You don't want to be on vacation and have your funds suddenly unavailable. Been there. This is on my travel tip checklist, and I do this every time before I travel. Good tip. Smart. Yes, a lot of times you can do it online, too. Just go a lot of times you can do it on the phone. Online uh, banking. On the way to the cruise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. I'll say, I... I, I bank with capital one and they they say over and over again that you don't have to let them know that you're going on a trip that they you know don't do that sort of thing they don't shut your car down all that sort of thing and then they did that to me in california so <laughs> oh so that, that after spending well. yeah i was there for like a week spent hundreds of dollars and on my way out i tried to buy pizza at the airport and they were like nope your card's decline you know that happened <laughs> to me when i was in cali one time I don't, and yeah i called them and they were like oh well it's at an airport we thought maybe suspicious and i was like i've been in california for a week mm-hmm. spending money so hmm. it's good to call them no matter what is it because you tried to use it on a some stuff in tijuana donkey show i wasn't sure whether i should say that or not yeah oh yeah you don't want to offend me with a donkey show reference <laughs> 
what, yeah, what so else would you be paying for? For anybody Tijuana? listening, a donkey show is uh, no, where a donkey no, no. tap dances and wears a there top hat. And they let you put stickers on. Hello, them. my honey. Hello, my baby. <laughs> <laughs> the chief export of Tijuana. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about other companies, but uh, I have a Disney Visa card mm-hmm. through City. And right on their app, you can just click. I'm traveling, so yep. you don't even have you don't even have to talk to a real human being to set that up. That's always mm-hmm. a bonus. Although I have found that as long as you're in a Disney park, they'll accept that thing. <laughs> oh, you're in Paris at Disneyland Paris. All right, sure. All right. <laughs> they are not going to turn down your money. No, no, they don't do that. Absolutely not. Uh, speaking of theme parks, Jess. What's up in theme park news? This well, week? more uh, good news on the theme park front. Uh, Universal Orlando Resort uh, has proposed and been accepted for their phased reopening that will begin on June 1st. Woo-hoo! Can we get a whoop whoop? <laughs> uh, yep, this was announced whoop, whoop. during the Orange County Economic Recovery Task Force meeting um, last mm-hmm. Thursday. Which was a fascinating, fascinating thing to watch. Ooh, I don't know if mm-hmm. any of you watched it. Or any city council meeting is really exciting. Watch the whole thing for waiting for that one thing. And that was the first thing out of his mouth, June 1st. And lots of lots of hooting and hollering happened. Yep, that's going to. So, yep, on June 1st and 2nd, that's going to begin with staff only. Um, then they're going to have a partial opening to annual pass Just holders and invited. <laughs> a partial opening to annual pass holders and invited guests on June 3rd and 4th. And then the first uh, public opening will be on June 5th. So that's going to a few of the things uh, they're going to be doing is obviously masks are going to be required. Um, They're switching to virtual queues on all of the rides, which I've been waiting for them to do this at Mm -hmm. all theme parks. So I'm hoping that even when this sort of settles down and everything goes back to some sort of normalcy that we keep that. I'd love Mm -hmm. to see virtual queues Um, and they're going to switch to mobile ordering for all quick service dining locations and paper menus at the table service locations. Sorry, planet Earth. Yeah, they're going to be one time only use paper menus. For I have a feeling paper menus and plastic straws are going to see a, a, a big comeback. Yeah, with for all a of bit. This. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they're going to be closing down the single rider lines and post show meet and greets uh, for all of the rides. So, yeah, I was wondering about the the Shutting single rider single lines rider. shut down. Yeah, I think oh, it's so you probably don't sit by for strangers. Yeah, you, right. you, they're not going to have you mm. sit with a stranger, and then they can use that extra space yeah. for distancing in the line. Yeah, there's going to be rows skipped on, say, like boat rides, things like that, and seats um, skipped wherever they can fit them in. Um, Walt Disney World is to present their reopening plan uh, this week, and that will Sometime include this week. That will include their opening date, and uh, hopefully that will be approved as quickly as Universal's mm-hmm. was. We don't know what day. Not no, yet. they they all that we heard was the mayor said that the mayor of Orange County said that Disney they were scheduled to do this last week, and because there is a date component they have to submit an opening date we think that that may be why they backed out and they pushed it to this week i think a lot of it has to do with disney not liking to be lumped in with other theme parks in the Mm. news and yeah maybe wanting a a little bit of their own thunder point that's a good point yeah yeah, it was uh, Gatorland also presented there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be lumped in with Gatorland. Meeting. Wait, did yeah. I, I didn't hear about it. Maybe you caught it. Uh, was Carol Baskin's Big Cat Rescue announced for reopening? 
Daisy. No, no. You know what? We got to find that, that bitch, Carol Baskin. Yes. Or at least, at least, you know, they're they're going to restart the construction on the new septic tank. They're going to yeah, restart yeah. the entire. <laughs> putting more concrete over the top. Her husband couldn't be reached for comment. <laughs> So the there was no official announcement about the hotels, the Universal's hotels, but that's really up to Lowe's when they the, the hotels in Florida have not been required to be closed. So they're allowed to open whenever they want. And they are taking new reservations at all of the on-site Universal hotels starting on June 2nd. And a lot of hotels so. are already open. Margaritaville Resort mm-hmm. is already open. Yeah. Margaritaville opened on the 15th. Oh, and this also, this does also include, I found out after a little research, this includes Volcano Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And when uh, oh, I delved I a little deeper, they have said that um, the masks are not going to be required while you're in the pools or on the slides. In fact, that they say you can't have them line. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, they're basically, yeah. you know, going to just enforce, I think, by way of lifeguard social distancing. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously they don't want all of their water filtration systems clogged up with masks that float away. So that would totally <laughs> exactly. have fly off you on one of those splashdowns or something. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, although I saw uh, bathing suit companies are now making three piece ones. It's like bikini mm-hmm. top and bottom and then matching Tri-kini. mask, which I thought that's pretty clever. Huh. I suppose that would be good for a crowded mm-hmm. beach it's situation. Good wet material. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Miami and see that somebody used like the mask as their top. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Some of those bikinis already look like two eye patches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did notice that Margaritaville that they have all of their pools are open. Mm-hmm. And H two O live or whatever. Mm, yeah, just the that today, just opened, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the line for it going in. No social it's distancing all, happening there, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> all all really good, positive things. So here's a question, a civics question. The mayor of Orange County, do counties have mayors? Not yeah. everywhere, but apparently. I've never in, heard of this until I read that yeah, article. Apparently some municipalities in Florida, that's how they're organized. Huh. Because Orlando does have a mayor. Mayor mm-hmm. Buddy, Buddy Dyer. Dyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all heard him <laughs> talking on the tram and you arrive at MCO. Yeah. I laugh every time. I don't know why. <laughs> but I guess some of the some of the other areas are are organized a little bit differently and the whole all of Orange County has a one, one mayor. single mayor. Mm-hmm. Huh. I thought that was interesting too. I was not aware of that. I guess because you wouldn't want to be just the mayor of Kissimmee. It's like Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Mayor of seven shoe stores and a bunch of outlets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually is is a good thing in the case of Walt Disney World because they they're so large that they actually mm-hmm. are in a few different uh, a few different zip codes, officially a few different cities. Cities and counties, right? Don't mm-hmm. they straddle two counties? Mm-hmm. Are they all orange? I think they're all Orange County. Another question I had while we were discussing, they say with Universal that the they didn't particularly specifically mention the hotels, but can you book a package yet? I did not try to book a package. I, I tried, actually did. Did you just I actually just priced a package for a, like a week later for a client. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know they yeah. were definitely taking Still taking package for yeah, we booked beyond, our hotel. June, beyond June 6th. That was the statement that I saw that they were for sure booking packages. It was those first few little days after the official opening 
that they yeah. were being a little circumspect about whether you could get a package starting on, say, the second. Um, mm-hmm. To then be there for to the then be there on the yeah. fifth or whatever. Exactly. Uh, but the, there's definitely uh, there's definitely availability, and that's uh, good to know about your. You said what, what like a week after opening, Jess, mm-hmm. that you yeah. booked a package. That, yep. that's didn't, perfect. Didn't give me any problems. Still had the discounts going. So mm-hmm. yeah, and there's some great rates on the yes. hotels Ooh, <laughs> for yes. that for that week. We I booked a, a room, rooms for the day after opening, and they were fantastic. And if you'd like to go. Yes, we would love to help you visit Universal Orlando Resort immediately. And they're also asking people that was part of their opening announcement is there are, of course, people who had booked packages already for the month of June and had been holding on to them, not knowing exactly what was going to happen. And they put out a statement. I think it was late yesterday that said, if you already have a package in place, Go ahead and you know hang on to that. We're we're fairly certain that there's not going to be a need to adjust your dates. Possibly people who had something because uh, I believe their current closure was only through officially through March. Uh, sorry, May twenty eighth. <laughs> what month is this? Yeah, well, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I've been doing I, that I think, all time. I think officially the current closure was through May twenty eighth, so they hadn't uh, they hadn't canceled anybody with check ins for like the thirtieth and the thirty first. And they may be asking people to adjust that based on their official opening dates now. But they're going to let uh, travel advisors know when they need to get in, in contact with the people who have those. So it'll be quickly. We're coming up on this reopening pretty fast now. It's great. Yeah. And the world Exciting. starts to spin again. Oh, I like to chat. I'd like to take you someplace interesting in the world. Uh, this is a location. I found in the Atlas Obscura, an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders. And uh, I'm going to take you to Sisaket, which is mm, in I love it there. Thailand. <laughs> Thailand. Ooh. Yeah. I love their I don't, food. I take that back. I don't. Uh, this is the Beer Bottle Temple in Kunhan Sisaket. Beer Thailand. Bottle Temple. <laughs> yeah. Every day, the monks of the Wat Pa Maha Chedi Kayu Buddhist Temple. <laughs> wow. No. Yeah, there's a lot more words than I expected there. Uh, they wake up surrounded by empty beer bottles. Uh, huh. their, their religious order forbids any intoxicants, but empty Heineken and Chang beer bottles are ever present as they form the walls of the monks' living quarters. What? So they're uh, empty when they get them? Well. They're uh, monks who don't drink, but they decided to build their temple out of empty beer bottles? Well, here, I'll show you a picture real quick. Huh. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the monks began collecting empty bottles in 1984 to promote recycling and to keep the area litter free. Oh. They gathered so many bottles of beer that they began to use them as building blocks for a temple and eventually an entire complex. The main temple is made up of approximately one and a half million green Heineken and brown Chang beer bottles set in rows. Inside are mosaics created using pebble, pebbles and bottle caps. Uh, with the temple built, the monks moved on to new challenges, constructing a crematorium, prayer rooms, water tower, visitor restrooms, and, and residences all made from beer bottles. Construction is ongoing. The more empty bottles people bring, the more the monks will build. Kun Han is a small village about an hour south of the city of Sisaket proper. And if you want to go see the beer bottle temple, you can 
Hit up Key to the World Travel. I bet it so, smells great. Or call your Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only two Asian. types of beer? Yeah, they needed one, I guess, Green just and brown, brown and brown bottles. Maybe they, they only really had two like types. Those two colors. Couldn't get Rolling Rock going in there. <laughs> just like I me, nobody wants Budweiser. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I imagine there's not a lot of selection available in a tiny village. In, in Thailand, Thailand, yeah, that's probably so, a good point. It's skunky Heineken. Ugh. I should do that with my collection of Meisterbrow cans. <laughs> <laughs> what build, what would you build, build a, with your beer? Build cans? a he shed in your backyard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Someone Ooh, can burn it. Slam them out and make sidings. <laughs> like, sir, you're not a monk, and these aren't all empty. You're kind of attracting <laughs> flies to the neighborhood. Oh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> mm. It smells good. All right, Heather, you got some other travel news for us? I have other travel news this week, and it's all good news. Uh, it basically it involves lots of reopenings and how travel is getting, starting to move again. American Cruise Lines has decided to open its river cruise season towards the end of June. So they are launching their Pacific Northwest cruises on the Columbia and Snake Rivers on June 20. And then starting to sail again on the Mississippi on June 28th. They're hoping that they'll be able to do their Alaska season this year, but they haven't decided on an exact date for that. And they're going to be running all of their new river ships, which are uh, modern river boats. They carry about 200 passengers each, but they have said that they're going to sail no more than 20, uh, sorry, 75% full to promote our favorite. Social distancing. That word. (laughs) I hope you never hear that phrase again soon, please. Um, Sandals Resorts also announced this week that they plan to open most of their resorts on June 4th. Their two Bahamas properties won't open until July 1st because of some regulations in the Bahamas. Um, But Antigua, Barbados, Grenada, Jamaica, St. Lucia, and Turks and Caicos will all. Isn't that a Beach Boys song? On June 4th. Yeah. (laughs) Who I want to take you. (laughs) (laughs) Like most of the resorts that are uh, announcing their reopening, they they go into all of their new sanitation measures that they're taking, which are very, very stepped up. Um, But they are saying that they will be opening all of their activities, their spa. There are water parks, their kids' clubs, everything. So, what about the kissing booth? <laughs> uh, that one maybe <laughs> might have to wait until later in the year. <laughs> uh, then Cancun, they had originally announced that they would be opening and welcoming international guests starting on June first, uh, but then a few days later, they announced that they are going to push that actually back to June tenth. Uh, for a little bit more, just Cancun proper area or all the whole, the- yeah, all of it's it covers all of the Quintana Roo region, which is Cancun, Riviera Maya, um, basically that covers all of that that the resort areas along uh, near Cancun, Cozumel, Tulum, nice. Riviera Maya, yeah, all of that. So June tenth, which is good, and in response to all of this, a few of the airlines announced that they're going to be reinstating some of the flights that they've cut back. Southwest is going to start flying international again on June seventh, so they will start flying to Cancun and Los Ca- Los Cabos in Mexico. Uh, they'll resume flying to Montego Bay, Jamaica, 
Nassau, Bahamas, and also Havana, which uh, what I didn't I didn't know that they went there to be honest. And I um I guess there are some people who are allowed to still go there. You're talking about Cuba in Cuba, yes. Uh, And this is great because Southwest hasn't flown an international uh, route since March 23rd. Uh, So, yeah. Um, And then Delta also just announced that they are going to reinstate about 100 uh, routes that they had cut primarily between some of the smaller airports and their hubs. Like Grand Rapids. I hope so. I will actually be driving to Detroit at the beginning of June to fly down for the reopening of Universal Orlando, which is not terrible. It's about it's just under a two hour drive. And I'm in I've been stuck in my house so long that I'm willing to do it. I'll drive to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that could be an interesting trip. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got that car from the James Bond movies. perfect. Perfect. But yeah, so this is all good stuff. Um, summer vacation is what not about the other side of Mexico on the Pacific side and Vallarta and that area? Any is that all closed? I have uh, it's let's see, I believe that is all still closed. Actually, yes, uh, Puerto Vallarta has not announced an opening date yet. So at the moment, Southwest is not going to restart their flights. To Puerto Vallarta until October eight, unless uh, unless other news comes out about their reopening. Well, we shall see. It's yeah. good to finally hear some encouraging, positive news about travel opportunities. Yes, finally, and I think a lot of people cannot wait to get out of their house and go somewhere, anywhere. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, but this the is yeah, this is good. It's uh, if you live in a smaller market, it has been challenging to fly right now to say the least so uh getting some of these southwest actually said a few weeks ago that they were kind of waiting on the the, the orlando theme parks universal and disney to announce when they reopen because they think that that's going to be a huge driver of their customer base i know it orlando. is from here anytime i'm on a southwest flight to orlando it's packed yeah and we talked yeah. about last week that expedia was noticing that like eight out of 10 searches right now or for or anywhere in the country to Orlando. So yeah. lots of people looking to get back there. And it's starting up again. It's so exciting. Mm. We can go places soon, you guys. Let's go. Do you remember places? <laughs> I do. Well, I've been putting this off as long as I can, <laughs> but, but we've, we've plum run out of, Anything else to talk about in this segment? So <laughs> Jess has a real treat for us. Yes. 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 Children gather around. Maybe not the children. This place soon. I, I have a I have a, a legend to share with you. Oh. oh. So please, I'm going to take you back. Back in time, all the way over to South Korea in oh. the, the village of Sinam, South Korea, where a young virgin engaged to be married was swept out to sea and drowned. Oh. Her fiancé could only stand by and watch because the water was so turbulent. Cue sorrowful music. Soon after, the fish population dwindled, and everyone in the village attributed it to the curse from the angry soul of the dead woman. Oh, no. But, days later, villagers noticed that the fish numbers began to increase after a man was seen relieving himself into the sea. 
So to That'll appease her vengeful spirit, the fishermen erected wood carvings of phalli all over the coast and held religious <laughs> boner experiences and ceremonies on the woman's behalf. Oh, wow. So this is now known as uh, Samchuk Hazendang Park. I think um, it's Dong. Hazen yeah, isn't it Hazen Dong? Yeah. Um, so actually, after this, uh, if this all happened, the fish did return, and the well, village sure, now had a new me. set of decorative dongs along its coast. Um, <laughs> it's been dubbed Penis Park by the tourists, uh, which I think is a little on the nose, but or a little <laughs> on the penis. But what's on your nose? <laughs> um, so this this island has thousands of dicks. We've got we've got. Iron cast dicks. We got wood dicks. We got stone dicks. We got dicks with faces. We got dicks on men's heads and in front of them. I mean, we've got a cannon dick. That's my favorite one, as you'll see here. Cannon dick. Um, then you've got like, what does it shoot? You got gaggles of dicks, multiple dicks together. I think it's called a gaggle when there's more than one together. I'm not sure. It might be like a murder. I think it's called a choke. Yeah. Uh, dicks that you can ride on with your family. <laughs> what and super well endowed villager statues huh. um oh no so there's this is this is all over and it's open to the public for free um this is also the home of the nation's largest aquarium museum if dicks aren't your thing but let's be honest who cares about fish when there's this kind of stuff so who's up who's going who's going with me come on no. He's so up. Did you say who's up? Who's up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm a little soft on that. Hazen dang and chill. Hazen dang and chill. Anybody? <laughs> Please remove that picture from my view. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, no. don't let me forget to put a warning at the beginning. <laughs> Tell people how far ahead to hit fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm guys. I need to leave a... the house at some point. I'm yeah. losing and my I mind. I think we know what you I have think, on your mind. Yeah. I'm trying to think of questions to ask about this place, but <laughs> the answer I... is dick. <laughs> Whatever the question is. I think yeah, we all answered. I don't know what else there is to say. I don't think there is anything else to say other than. Wow. <laughs> and if Things you'd like you can see in Asia. <laughs> if you'd oh, like to take a trip to South go. Korea oh. and visit the Dong Park, uh, head on over to www.tvworldtravel.com oh, or Jess Evans. Send an email directly to Jess Evans. <laughs> no, no affiliation. J.Evans <laughs> at keytotheworldtravel.com. He'd be more He's than happy to set you up. Uh, with that. <laughs> dongparkprofessor.com at, at this point he can set up a whole at this point I think you are an expert yeah you can set up a whole Asian tour to see all of the all the, all the penis sites yeah. well, well I was you're still out there dick a couple of times <laughs> yeah we might this might be our first explicit episode guys I don't know oh no you can use I don't the know beeper. how many I got in there <laughs> uh, that's what he or she said <laughs> Uh, it was a lot <laughs> a lot oh well if you're still out there stick around because after the commercial break we're finishing up our final exams with our theme park oral reports 
When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your key to the world travel vacation planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. So we entered the classroom in the middle of biology class. The teacher up front is narrating a film strip about plants. So now the cell's happy, but there are other molecules saying, hey, we'd like some energy too. And it uses its own pigment molecule, chlorophyll, to carry out that action. This does not make the ribosomes happy, and poor chlorophyll is caught in the middle of this. Chlorophyll, more like borophyll, am I right, guys? Yeah. What? Let's liven things up and talk about something a little more interesting. (laughs) Time to present our final oral reports on theme parks. Who's going first? I'll go first, since we were just talking about the Universal uh, Metroplex there in Orlando opening up. I hear a lot of resistance, even from our own agents and stuff. Before they actually go to Universal, people are kind of resistant to go there. People that are into the Disney magic and think there's no other thing. So I present to you five reasons why you should go to Universal Orlando Resort, even though you think you don't want to. Is there going to be a quiz at the end? Sure. I'll come up with something. Uh, number one reason for me is even if you're not into all the rides and everything, the food and snacks there are every bit as good and every bit as big a variety as the Walt Disney World Metroplex. One of my favorites happens to be the gigantic pink donut from Lard Lads. Donuts. Oh, yes. This oh, yes. thing is as big as my head. And anyone that's seen me knows I have a very large head, but it's actually a really good donut. It weighs about a pound. They are really, really good. I'm surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. You don't think it's it's a classic yeast donut, but it's got the pink icing mm. and the sprinkles or chimneys, as some people call them. No. Over the sprinkles. No, sprinkles. But there's so many great snack options like over in uh, the Wizarding World areas. They've got butter mm-hmm. beer, of course, and the uh, frozen butter beer that's more like a milkshake or a uh, what's that frozen thing at Starbucks? Frappuccino. Frappuccino. like that. They have my favorite is butterbeer ice cream, which is over oh, in the studios park yeah. in the Diagon Alley section. I could eat that my ice cream that shop stuff. is so good. There's yeah, this a, is a the butterbeer quote ice cream is a uh, sort of slow melting um, soft, soft serve. serve. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. also have scoop classic ice cream too, and great flavors. Mm-hmm. They have a there's a tea one that sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really um, good. Lavender and Earl Grey. Yeah, lavender and Earl Grey. That does not like sound good. Sounds like it would taste like soap. Yeah, my wife ordered that, and I thought you're insane, but it was really, really good. And they have lots of different. Uh, they call sprinkles hundreds and thousands. 
Yeah, is that a real? Is that a British thing? What it is, is a British thing. Yeah, That's I thought that was you, just a Harry Potter thing. You know? No, it's I a British it thing. They, you when you when up. you get ice cream, you get the you get it topped with hundreds and thousands. I mean, leave it I to the British. So leave it to the British to find a roundabout way to say sprinkles that takes you twice yes. as long <laughs> yeah, and doesn't so, tell you what it is at all. It's <laughs> so quaint, though. Are all three of you guys sprinkles people or Jimmy's people? Sprinkles. Sprinkles. Because yeah. like down in the south, a Jimmy is a peanut. Yes. <laughs> Same yeah, here. here too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't want that. How we were done with those. <laughs> no. uh, speaking of ice cream and milkshakey type things over at the Toothsome Chocolate Emporium mm. in CityWalk, they have the uh, milkshakes that are the size of a dump truck. You can Some of them have a whole of piece of cake or a pie or whatever. Uh, and it's uh, uh, lots of specialty drinks and even their own beers in the Wizarding World area. They have Duff Beer in Springfield. They have three or four different uh, Wizarding World special beers from an amber to an IPA. Another couple of ones. They have their own brand of a fireball cinnamon whiskey type of Thing. Mm. I can't remember the name of that, but Heather and I had that mixed yes. with the uh, Strongbow Cider. It tastes like that, a delicious, boozy apple pie. Yeah, it's really, oh, really so good. good. Lots of eating and drinking. So lots of good food options in and around there. Cowfish, sushi, uh, mm. snacks galore. My number two, donuts. Number two mm. reason why I think you should give uh, Universal a shot and not just a day trip is their hotels for the value and the money that they cost are so nice and so convenient yeah. compared to any hotel other than maybe the monorail loop for magic kingdom, but they're all as easy and accessible as the most expensive hotels at uh, Disney world. You can hop a boat or walk or whatever from the big three original hotels. And then even from Cabana Bay beach and Sapphire falls, they have a boat at one of those or Cabana Bay beach has a nice walking path, maybe 10 minute walk. Super convenient to get around there. The, the hotels are just gorgeous. And now even down the road, a little less convenient to get to. They have rooms starting in like 99 bucks a night. Oh, they are That's sweet. A, endless, yes. endless summer. Yeah. Endless summer. Two bedroom suites for under $200 a night. Yeah. And they're very nice. nice. That they're, same room yeah. at Walt Disney World is I don't so know, four hundred thousand dollars a night, so <laughs> yeah. approximately. Oh, yeah. Your firstborn, yeah, with tax. So, uh, their hotels just for the value to me. Even like their first quote value, uh, they they changed the designation of it. But Cabana Bay Beach, really great, nice lobby bar, two the enormous pools is great. and pool bars. Yeah, really, really just gorgeous hotel. We have a, a good friend who is a diehard Disney fanatic who swore he was going to hate universal who cannot stop talking about how wonderful the hotels are how beautiful and affordable and mm -hmm. the theming is great and they they really do a fantastic job even yeah, their highest really end ones aren't as high as the disney part right. and i think the value is just good the rooms are bigger typically and their pricing tends to uh most of their pricing is based uh per per night so the longer you stay with them the cheaper it gets mm -hmm. with most mm -hmm. of their hotels they're all even the least expensive options are all lowe's properties which are you know world-renowned quality properties uh nightlife is another is my third reason why you should give uh, a full vacation stay at universal a shot there's lots of different options city walk being the one people know the most it has everything from reggae bars to live band karaoke 
Margaritaville, of course, if, uh, James Buffet. Monsieur James Monsieur Buffet. Monsieur Jimothy Buffet. <laughs> uh, but little grab-and-go bars and things all around City Walk. They do, they have a stage there where there's often bands playing a different thing. And I think City Walk's all open to like 2 in the morning. A lot of mm-hmm, the bars are there. I know yeah. we've had some of our groups of our travel agents in there running up some pretty big bills. I don't mm-hmm. know I wasn't there, but there's some big bills were run up. <laughs> At the live band karaoke. Rising star. Yeah. That's right. That does sound fun. I'm not a not a karaoke person. So it would be especially, watch other it would folks. be especially intimidating to me to get in front of a live band. Yeah. Speaking of bands, they have several uh concert seasons at Universal. Concerts and special events are kind of their jam. They have a Mardi Gras season, which unfortunately we missed out wah, on a lot wah. of this year, from February <laughs> yeah. all the way through the end of March. And they have big name bands. I mean, huge bands. I saw Weezer play there. Uh, 311 yeah. I've seen there one time. Uh, I can't lots of bands. Anyway, that's everything from. Uh, Pitbull was there yeah, once. Maybe yeah, in the Pitbull summer. Pitbull and Flowrider. There's, there last there's year, pop yeah. stuff. There's rap. There's cheesy older bands. Casey and the Sunshine Band kind of thing. There's kind of something for everyone. And those are typically on, I think, Saturday night. Uh, that's that's kind of a large ongoing event. They turned the whole central area of uh, near the in front of the Jimmy Fallon ride. They turned that into a French Quarter with food booths and all the delicious items for you. And then my favorite of the seasonal events is the Halloween Horror Nights, which runs roughly from April to February. <laughs> that season gets longer and longer every time. Yes. But uh, if you guys have not done Halloween Horror Nights, it's not for the timid it is not mickey's not so scary in no, fact mickey's not so scary, scary Halloween party was a reaction to this they wanted to make a more family and kid-friendly version of this because this is pretty hardcore it's amazing the level of detail ten or so haunted houses and scare zones everywhere chain That's dudes with thing. dudes with chainsaws jumping out at you from behind trash cans while your friends laugh at you that's right that's i, I right. will just sit in the scare zones and watch them go after people mm-hmm. like i did that a couple years ago just sat and drank for like an hour and watched it with nobody else <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that that event is fantastic it runs uh i think august through a little bit after halloween the longer season november 1st yeah there. something like that usually and they also have a christmas uh season that they do a macy's day christmas party they have the grinch of course leading the, <laughs> the parade there's the rocket uh dancers and all that good stuff and they don't charge extra for all the christmas stuff to see their parade it's not a separate party it's just an amazing christmas parade get everything in the spirit and their decorations are gorgeous around there they have a huge huge christmas tree right in uh the city center there when you first come in that had what was it they had hidden squirrels or a squirrel yeah they have an animatronic squirrel that they hide a different one in each of the (laughs) In the tree that each was year. based on they one year there was an actual squirrel that was chewing up all the wiring yeah. and, and messing <laughs> with it. So now they have their own animatronic squirrel that is an homage to that. Yeah, they, they put in a Terminator them. squirrel to yeah. keep them away. And they, yeah, they and hide it in a new place every it, year. Yeah. Keep the <laughs> keep their uh, team members on their toes. And lastly, Harry Potter world. I mean, and, and it's not Harold just for J Potter, Harold Jefferson, Tiberius Potter, Jr. The third. Everybody loves Harry Potter. My wife has never read a Harry Potter book, never seen a Harry Potter movie. We still love the, the worlds. And speaking of treats, they have all the good treats there. Chocolate frogs, those mints. What are those little minty 
Toads. candy shops, the ice cream shop we mentioned earlier, the butter beer. The... And if you have a weird kid who likes to eat weird things like I do, the Birdie Bots Every Flavor Bean. Oh, I Ugh. love those. He sit, my son will sit and eat them as their normal candy and be like, mm, that one's puke. Mm. Yeah. And then eat the next <laughs> one and be like, oh, that one's cat food. Mm, the only that one one's that, dirt. Yeah, he the doesn't care. The earthworm and the dirt are the only two I really don't like. The other the black pepper soap is good. Black pepper to me is good. All that good <laughs> vomit, treats, but plenty what about of the vomit one. And Hagrid's the new Hagrid roller coaster ride is just it's hard to describe how insanely good and different and just kind of roller coaster changing. It's like seven different rides all in one. Just That's part of why it to. broke down a lot when it was new <laughs> because there were so many moving pieces. It has what is it, like seven different launch points or something. Mm-hmm. You, and it was the launches and then the slowing down. Yeah, you go fast, you go slow. They slow you down and put you through animatronic stuff. You see Hagrid and the different creatures and some other little surprises I won't spoil. But there's parts where you go backwards. There's drops. There's it's, That is one special and amazing ride. And the whole thing is like you're riding on a, a motorcycle or a sidecar. So I'm a bigger person and I can't ride several of the rides actually in uh, Universal, but I still love it there. And they have made that one where most big people can ride it, unless you have really long knees. We have a friend, JJ, that was not able to ride so Hagrid's because he's like six, seven or something crazy. But it, they said it was a distance of like his shins from feet to knee. He couldn't fit under it. But normal size, big people. I'm six, three, had no issues at all riding. Well, I mean, I, I would hope that they would make it size to fit Hagrid at least. That is right? kind of ironic. <laughs> not. Yeah. But I would highly recommend giving yourself a nice stay at the Hard Rock Hotel or mm, the Sapphire Falls. Get you a few days in there to really explore and enjoy the land. Don't just take a day trip over from uh, Disney World and give it a shot for one day. You cannot do it all in one day. Just Yeah, no. And get a multi-park pass so you can ride the Hogwarts Express from park to park. That's special. We're doing a full week in, in uh beginning of September. There's also a lot to do kind of around there with SeaWorld and some of the other things you can squeeze mm-hmm. in in a week long. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even get to Volcano Bay. Spending a day in the water park there. Pretty amazing. I was only talking about the theme park. <laughs> but, ouch. <laughs> Take that, Universal. <laughs> oh. Anybody else have some oral they want to present? Um, I'll do mine. Uh, mine's actually, I, I have been known to uh, throw a little shade at Six Flags on the show before. <laughs> um, but I grew up in Georgia and grew up with a season pass to Six Flags Over Georgia. Uh, in fact, my dad actually worked at Six Flags Over Georgia when it first opened as a stuntman. They used to have what? Um, they used to have old Western um, huh, gun yes. shows. And my dad started as uh, a stuntman in Texas in Six Flags Over Texas or whatever it was called over there. And they asked him to come over when they opened Georgia. So, yeah. Is so- that why your family wound up in Georgia was to open the stunt show there no this is before my dad met my mom met him met her when she moved to georgia as well so but yeah so there's there's a ride in six flags six flags over georgia is mainly the the roller coasters the the standard six flags fair but there was a ride that um they had when i was a kid that basically rivals disney rides if you ask me Mm -hmm. um and so it the the ride itself began as um tales of the oki finoki which was Basically, a Song of the South ride long before Disney ever had one. Mm-hmm. The Okie um, Swamp. Yeah, it started in 1967. Um, in 68, they had it overhauled by Sid and Marty Croft because they didn't like 
the animatronics they had in there. So Sid and Marty Croft redid that ride. And that lasted until 1981 when they just gutted the ride completely and turned it into a ride called Monster Plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, so to do this, they asked uh, the Goddard Group, which was a company that was started by a man named Gary Goddard, who was a former Imagineer. Um, also went on to direct the Masters of the Universe movie. Oh, anybody has ever seen that atrocious, horrible thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. the the creator of Captain Power. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, among many other things. What a uh, he also he also de- designed <laughs> Jurassic Park: The Ride at Universal Studios and Spider Man for Islands of Adventure. Oh. So That's this guy, one. you know, knows what he's doing. Um, Basically, he created a ride that featured a, a monster picnic uh, in an old flooded southern plantation, mm-hmm. um, which is really weird. Um, and humans were weird. being invited to visit. So it was basically a, a dark ride, dark boat ride. Um, and you'd go through and they had basically they had 99 animatronics in total that were That's all monsters. For one more. <laughs> and they never did that. They were missing out. Um, all the monsters were designed by a guy named Phil Mendez, who was a character designer for Disney and other animation companies. He worked on Fern Gully and Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. So he's the guy that designed all of them. Um, what's weird about him to me is that if you look at like the photos of these now, the monsters resemble the monsters that you see in like Monsters, Inc. Very like, much. Yeah, they seem mm-hmm. to follow that kind of those same guide. They're fluffy, cuddly monsters, not too scary. Most of them are. There's a few scary ones. That's yeah. So the first half of the ride, you're going through and you're enjoying their picnic that they're having. Um, and basically, they've invited you to to join them at you at the end. The the marshal, uh, who's named Billy Bob Fritter, um, <laughs> is basically warning you to stay out of the marsh because that's where the monsters who don't like people live. Yeah. Um, and God, I, I don't know if you could guess the ride goes wrong and you end up in the marsh. <gasps> no, yeah, you're trying to take marsh? a left. So it accidentally right, right yeah, and so the marsh was great. As a child, I, for the first few years of riding it, I didn't open my eyes in that part because <laughs> it was like pretty genuinely scary for, for a little kid. Um, at the end, though, the, the marshal scares off the monsters by shooting off an old Civil War cannon. So yeah, Is it Georgia. shaped like a peanut? <laughs> no but it may be in the refurb i haven't ridden it since the refurb uh yeah they in 2008 they they went back to the goddard group and had them come back on and refurb it and turn it into monster mansion which is a little less culturally Still kind of the exact insensitive. mention the word plantation yeah but the the ride's apparently still the same i haven't ridden it since the 80s but uh from what i can tell everything's sort of still the same and uh, they put in new new backgrounds that were created by um, Disney animation production designer Phil Philipson. So, Phil Philipson. So there's a lot of Disney Phil. in this ride. And if you're at Six Flags Over Georgia, make sure that you ride it because it's worth it. Yeah, that's always been one of my favorites. I'm in Alabama, so I'm only a couple hours away from there. Growing up, that was my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a dark ride with a <laughs> it's air conditioned too. It's sort of, I would call that a cross between splash mountain and haunted mansion yeah it's got a few drops nothing huge there's songs and fun stuff and the whole thing feels like splash mountain but it's monsters and then you get into the haunted scary part and i still have the song stuck in my head i probably haven't heard it since maybe 1989 and it is still stuck it does not have a big (laughs) splashy drop at the end though you just go through a boat and there's a couple of little small hills and things yeah Hmm. but yep so six flags you can stop sending me hate emails (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they have some good coasters there's just no magic at six flags 
Yeah. Well, speaking of coasters, what's what's the first roller coaster you ever rode? Mine was at Six Flags. It was the yeah. Mindbender. Mine was Scream Machine. Which I think Mindbender now became the Joker. Yeah. Dan, first roller coaster? Uh, the Big Dipper Wooden Roller Coaster at Geauga Lake. In oh, Ohio. interesting. Similar to the Scream I, Machine. Uh, I used to be a chicken. I was terrified of roller coasters. Possibly the reason why I was terrified of roller coasters is because the first coaster I ever went on was the Magnum XL at Cedar That's Point. That's a condom is, brand. Yeah. <laughs> at Trojan Park. Yeah. It's considered the world's first hyper coaster and it oh. was terrifying and Ooh. I never wanted to ride another roller coaster again. But now I love coasters, which is why I want to talk today about SeaWorld. I thought that was just penguins and crap. Uh, no, <laughs> I actually SeaWorld in Orlando has some of the best roller coasters in the Orlando area. That is for sure. Yeah, they have previously they had three. They will be opening a fourth this summer soon, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> SeaWorld is actually I mean, I think a lot of people when you talk about SeaWorld, the first what people think of is Shamu mm-hmm. and the aquatic animals. And certainly they still they do have a lot of that. But SeaWorld to me feels a little bit like a, a theme park that also has animals. Uh, they are phasing out their Shamu attractions there. They don't do the shows anymore. You can still go and see the whales, but they don't perform with them anymore. And they have said that they won't be acquiring any new whales and they're there that whole area is going to just be retired but talking about the coasters the four coasters that they have there the first one that is my favorite is the mako oh, which is also a hyper coaster so intense so the, <gasps> the the definition of a hyper coaster is that it's a any complete circuit roller coaster with a height of at least 200 feet. <laughs> and there's several, yes. several 200 and, foot. Yeah. So the, the very first hyper coaster ever was the Magnum XL 200 <laughs> is the official name of it at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio, which opened in 1989. And that was actually the, the year that I rode it. It was the first roller coaster I ever rode and then didn't ride another coaster for many years because it was terrifying yeah uh the mako is 200 feet high its top speed is 73 miles per hour and it has it's the longest coaster in florida and it has very steep dives and really extreme banks and fun fact the time that i rode it in the front row both my contacts flew off my eyes flew off her Jeez, that's a lot. And I, yeah, I was wearing sunglasses and I felt them like it just peel off. And they just yep. peeled off and hit my sunglasses. Wow. Luckily, I always keep it. I wear dailies and luckily I keep an extra pair in my park bag. And I don't ride that ride in the in the front row anymore, although it was incredible. I love it. It's I do you too. feel like you're going to fly out of your seat. Our own Teresa Perry also super oh, loved that ride. She we, loves we it. We rode that with a bunch of travel agents from Key to the World one time on a trip. That, uh, they were showing us all the new things <laughs> at SeaWorld. And <laughs> she screamed like someone was stabbing her the whole yes. time. But then, uh, she's not a coaster. 
Mm-mm. thought she was going to flip her wig. But the pictures of her on that coaster are fabulous. <laughs> that might be my favorite coaster I've ridden ever. I It, it definitely is for me. I love that coaster. And the, the, the drops are huge and tall, but being mm-hmm. hyper, it's super, super smooth. Like everything, it's not real extreme jerks and turns. Everything's smooth and easy on if anybody has spinal issues or mm-hmm. anything. Really, really good. It's not like jerky and, and painful like a wooden coaster. Just nice. It makes me want to go back and it makes me want to go back and try the Magnum again, actually. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Then they also have the Kraken, which is the Orlando area's only floorless coaster. It's just fall through. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's no seats or anything. It's you 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 get on, you sit down and before they before you launch it, the floor drops out. Yeah, I love those where your legs are dangling. Yeah. Uh, it's 150 feet high, 65 miles per hour top speed. And the great thing about this one is there are seven inversions and they are pretty intense. That's a great coaster, too. It is a fun coaster. They tried for it only what lasted maybe a year. Yeah, or everybody two. was they throwing up. A, yeah, they tried <laughs> to, to make some add some virtual elements. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. put. I didn't try it it with the virtual in virtual mode ever. Did you, Jeff? Yeah, we did on that same trip. Uh, I did the virtual, and uh, you, it was there were three or four different options. One was like you're in space. One so it coincides the drops and things to the climbs. One was like you're underwater. Really, kind of made me sick. I was not a fan. Yeah, because you you put on a basically a VR headset. Yeah, and it it really slowed down the loading and unloading because they had to and sanitize cooties. it. They, yeah, that would be every, gone now in today's oh for sure. They times. did they did yeah. do a good job. Every single when they took them off, they were wiping them down with Clorox wipes, and then they wiped it down again before they put it on you. Uh, I never tried it. I was afraid that it would make me sick, and I thought the ride you was fun without it. It did yeah. definitely make you sick. They def they they ended up taking that out last year, and so now it's just back to being the Kraken, and it's a great ride. It's fun. Then they also have the Manta, which is a flying coaster. This so one's super fun, but it terrifies me, and now I'm too big to ride it. So I like not an it. issue. It's, this mm-hmm. is one that features a head down inverted nosedive. No, thank so you. so yeah. it's one where you you get in and you you strap in and then it it um the car tilts so that it's like you're flying like Superman. Yeah, it has a thing that, that buckles across your chest that I don't know what it is, sort of neoprene like. Yeah, you hang from that like it's fun facing I straight down it. like you're flying like the Superman at Six Flags. Mm-hmm. If anyone's done that, that one is a top speed of fifty six miles per hour, one hundred and forty feet high. And four inversions. Yeah, the inversions on that are the loops are weird because you're on the outside. So it's. Yeah. It's the. The G's feel weird on that one. Really weird feeling. And I can usually only do it once per trip because it that one kind of makes me a little queasy, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's super fun. And then finally this year they're adding it was supposed to have been open already. Um, but it will be opening as soon as SeaWorld reopens. And they're supposed to be presenting their reopening plan to the task force this week. And we suspect um, their CEO has already said that they plan to be open in June. They just haven't given a date yet. So um, I think I think I heard mid-June 
for them. But they will be opening their latest thrill ride called the Icebreaker. And this thing, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the press around it or seen some previews. It looks intense. It's going to be their first launch coaster. And not only is it their first launch coaster, it has four launches and some of them are reverse. Four launches, including a reverse launch. It's the steepest drop of any roller coaster in all of Florida. And it it launches into something called a top hat maneuver. They have one of these at. <laughs> oh, um, it's where you straight up across and straight back down. Yeah. So the, the 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 definition of a top hat maneuver is that the train approaches the top of a very steep hat and makes a 90 degree lateral twist so that once it reaches the apex, the train is upside down under the track near vertical drop. It's not a true inversion. So you're not actually upside down. It's a little bit like that inversion um, or the, what seems like an inversion on um, Rip Ride Rocket. Rocket. Oh yeah. It looks like it's going upside down. It feels like you're upside down, but it's not. And it does feel like that. Or like a top thrill dragster. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. More like that. This one looks like that. So it's, a 93 foot tall spike with a 100 degree angle and they're calling the they're calling the drop more than vertical so it's mm-hmm. almost like you're yeah it looks I've done one of those yeah it looks insane the Maverick at Cedar Point has a more than vertical drop yes. and it's it's and a this one then also on has the the reverse law so there's a spot where uh, it's a little bit like Expedition Everest you shoot off of this, this, uh, what looks like the track is, is broken, broken and going away. And then you, it slows you down and launches you backwards. And I guess, uh, it looks like it launches you backwards into the top hat maneuver. Ugh. It looks very, very extreme. I'm you taking a lot of yeah. <laughs> Yes. They are promising lots of airtime on this ride. That has Jess written all over it. Yeah. But no true inversions <laughs> on this one. I'll hold your coats. It's going to feel, I think, a lot like Mako has a lot of airtime. And genuinely, the first time I rode Mako, I thought I was going to fly out of this. Oh, yeah. Because it's just that little, it's the lap bar with the sort of a V there. There's no over the shoulder thing. And you feel like you're coming out of your seat. You're not going to. but it. You're not. But it it really feels feels like you're going to fly out of your seat. SeaWorld has a good deal, too, where you can buy the, what do they call their express pass? Um, oh, now I'm just drawing a blank. Anyway, you can really just bang out some coasters all day on that thing. It's yeah, because you go in the exits with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a true, you don't just go in a single rider or an express line. They, they, I think it may just be their express pass, something like that. Something like that. But it's, it's, it's not as expensive as the universal one at all. And you can really ride, you can ride each of those four coasters two or three times a piece easy in a day. Mm -hmm. We had a for a a few years going, we would uh, because we always go to get down to Orlando for Thanksgiving and several years in a row, we went to SeaWorld on Thanksgiving Day and it was just dead. It was great. Nobody was there. And we still had the Express Pass because it's also very affordable. I think it was only maybe 20 bucks (laughs) per person for this thing. And so we were just walking right on to everything. And it included Express access to some of the shows, which they do still have some animal shows, shows, the dolphin and 
the I love the otters. Otter show. Are the they have the, in the world. They have the one that's with the I think it's the sea lions, sea lions and walruses. Oh yeah, the pirate, that is so cute too. That one involves um, otters and the sea lions and a chicken. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they have other uh, other rides as well. They have two water thrill rides. They have one that's uh, around extreme raft ride kind of like um oh yeah like cali, cali river, river. Mm-hmm. i've never um, been on that and then they have a, a water drop ride that's like that one gets you uh, so wet it's crazy it's, it's like an extreme so splash mountain but they're not kidding with the splash at the end it's very <laughs> very soaking and then they have their they have some animal attractions the empire of the penguin the wild arctic there's Turtle Trek and the Shark Encounter is always fun. If you remember Jaws 3, that's featured in, in Jaws 3. When oh, they're yeah. in the, the glass tube in the Shark Encounter. And in that particular that, yeah, that was filmed there. On this, yeah. They used to have the ski show out there in the lake. And that's where Jaws, <laughs> Jaws escaped into the lake <laughs> yes. and was attacking the skiers. <laughs> it's, totally le- <laughs> it's totally legit, right? And then somehow makes it into the shark encounter to yeah. bang on the You know, this is central Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like finding Dory. You just found like a little like, yeah. you know, drainage to swim yeah, through. And if you've ever been in the shark encounter, you know that it's nowhere near a natural body of water <laughs> for the shark to have gotten there. But it's pretty. it was still pretty fun. And it's a it's really solid uh, day of a theme park. I I really like it actually. It's and they have really they have a really great ticket um, option where you can combine a visit there with a Discovery Cove. Mm-hmm. And Discovery Cove is beautiful yeah. if you want to. Uh, That's any, a relaxing any, or, resort feel of it. So day. relaxing, and you can combine it with a dolphin encounter experience right there in Central Florida. Yeah. It is a great thing to add on to a day trip, especially if you were a coaster fan. And they keep adding coasters there. That's really how they're keeping that park going. It's Smart. how they've, yeah, it's how, kind of how they've survived some of the negative Backlash. media attention. Yeah, because of the the situation with having orcas. Um, but they, they, there's a lot of fun uh, little animal things just scattered through the park, too. Like One of the fun things when they're taking the sea lions to their little show, they put them on a golf cart, basically, and uh-huh. drive them right through the park. And the sea lions will wave at you from the golf cart. It's it's kind of ridiculous. That's a fun. parade I'd wait for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the mornings, they per- they take the the flamingos. They walk them from their overnight enclosure out to where the flamingos hang out during the day so if you happen to be there early in the morning you can see the parade of flamingos just walking through the park they're a goofy looking bird yeah they really are (laughs) yeah and they also one of the uh, great thing about SeaWorld is you can buy an all-day dining pass Mm -hmm. that's very inexpensive and you can eat basically all day long good it's food not there. just three meals yeah and you can just like i think it's once an hour you can yeah. you can get to just load up on hot dogs and then go ride the kraken yeah or that <laughs> one you have one uh have one it's like a cafeteria style not a buffet but you go through and mm-hmm. choose your thing and you can get whatever you want like these giant platters of food and sit down and eat and they have a great, uh, a really nice restaurant that is up next to the shark encounter. So you can dine with sharks swimming past mm-hmm. you. Yeah. 
So it's a lot of fun. And if you'd like to go to see. Yes. (laughs) Opening soon. Very soon. Well, I think that leaves you, Dan. What have you got? Well, guys, if you you heard that a Disney character was planning on running for president, uh, which which character do you think it would be? Ross Perot. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he was real. Can I finish? Can I finish? Sam Eagle? Yeah, Sam Eagle was what I was about mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the obvious choice. Well, this this is a bit of theme park, weird theme park history for you. In 1968, Winnie the Pooh decided to throw his honeypot into the, in, into the <laughs> ring. And Winnie the Pooh? He's a British citizen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's complicated. I, <laughs> yes, I it is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a simple way to put it, but yes. It yeah. sounds bizarre. I have never heard of this. Oh, it's it's amazing. So it started in July 1968 when there was a big event at the Hollywood Bowl. It was a family night, uh, kind of like a big concert event. And they kicked off the Winnie the Pooh for president. Uh, they had a convention, political <laughs> convention there, a bit of a rally. Uh, some of his some of his friends like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, sure. Mickey and Minnie, Mary Poppins uh, were all there. Uh, he got a comedian Maury Amsterdam to, uh, oh, wow. to, to MC his Charlie Callis couldn't be reached. <laughs> um, uh, for some reason, a local ice cream or a local ice company provided 20 tons of ground up ice for the kids to make snowmen and have snowball fights. In the uh, Hollywood but, Bowl? This is all yeah. over the place. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. But so, so they kicked off his uh, political campaign. His friends from the Hundred Acre Woods came up and did a musical show. Huh. Um, and they released thousands of red, white, and blue balloons. They give signs out to the crowd that said things like honey in every pot and chick, uh, <laughs> export all spinach. Uh, exactly what you'd expect. Export and then, all spinach? Yes. No more rumblies and tumblies. Uh, hilariously spelled S-P-I-N-I-C-H, of course. Of course. Um, and then from there, they moved uh, his campaign to Disneyland, uh, where they, he took up residence on the Tomorrowland stage. And uh, it became part of a daily show um, throughout the summer, twice a day. Winnie the Pooh um, in Tomorrowland, running for president. Yeah, huh. uh, he would hold political rallies twice a day uh, <laughs> with special guest celebrities, including uh, Maury Amsterdam. Uh, Singer Peggy Lee, comedian <laughs> Rich Little, and Sherry Lewis and Lamb would be there <laughs> to, to endorse Pooh's run for, for president. Um, sadly, he lost his 1968 campaign, although Democratic candidate, candidate Hubert Humphrey admitted to reporters that the bear made more sense than any other candidate. No Rip Taylor? Uh, no. No. <laughs> uh, however, this wasn't the last time Pooh ran for president uh, because... In 1972, they held a convention at Walt Disney World, and Pooh was nominated to run for president on the Children's Party ticket. Some people say our current president is Pooh. Some do. <laughs> Same yes. color. If you well, if you have orange poos, you might need to be concerned. <laughs> uh, the president of the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. That makes more sense. Um, so Sears stores around the country held a raffle and picked kids to uh, to be uh, delegates from each of the 50 cents, 50 states 50 cent. uh, where they they uh, nominated. Uh, they nominated Pooh for president uh, in a ceremony in front of Cinderella Castle. Who was his running um, name? You know running what? Was it having, Piglet? Uh, it better be Rabbit. Fr- you need no nonsense to back That's up. right. Who's flightiness? You know. I I do have I do have notes oh, here. Let's uh, see. 
Um, we'll get to his campaign staff in a second. So part of his party platform was a promise to put honey in every pot. He also stressed his battle to lick the high prices of ice cream cones (laughs) and proposed hot fudge Sundays every Monday and banning spankings. You know what? Other than the spanking thing, I can get down with all of these. (laughs) Uh, His campaign staff consisted of press secretary Tigger. Eeyore was his political advisor and uh, doesn't say anything about a running. Uh, So so, uh, once again, he failed to be elected in 1972, surprisingly. Oh, man. We didn't get poo for president until... uh, Was there merch? 2000. (laughs) He should have tried again in the 80s. Something tells me that... Oh, he did. He tried four times. Four times. All right, that's enough poo. Sit down. (laughs) (laughs) They they held ticker tape parades in Disneyland. Uh, He lost... He lost in 1972. He ran again in 1976, and uh, he had a theme song, a political rally song that I'm going to play a little bit of yes. his song. Oh, this yes, is Winnie please. the Pooh for president, um, which which is here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I give you our next president, the Honorable Winnie the Pooh. Who's the one president? 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 political conventions, a ticker tape parade <laughs> where they would invite, <laughs> that's what they called it. Uh, they would invite the children to uh, take part in a ticker tape, pl- tigger tape parade. Oh, see what I did there. Uh, uh, they would, they would lead the children through the park to the, uh, to the steps of main street station where they would hold a rally every day. He failed in 1976. Although that song that we just played for you was nominated for a Grammy for best what? children's recording. He held one more run for president in 1980, uh, where they held, uh, Pooh for president days in Disneyland in, in October. But sadly he, he failed to be elected, uh, once again. And, uh, presumably retired from politics at that point. I think he died. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's still got more sad. votes than Ross Perot. Uh, he just lost a leg in a bear trap. <laughs> oh. He turned into Ron Paul. Jeff, that wasn't any less sad than him dying, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think he would have done all right, but I do have a prerequisite that all my presidents need to have pants. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Wear pants. Yeah. Put on some pants, sir. Yes, please. I had, um, I had no idea about this. Never I heard of lo- this. I super love Winnie the Pooh, so that's, that's good stuff. I need to President. find some old campaign materials. I bet you they're up there. Are they? If I not, I'll Someone could make a Pooh for President uh, t-shirt. Yeah, I think so. With a certain emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a certain silly old bear, but I guess but, you prefer yeah. the emoji share. Oh, does a bear emoji in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, thanks for hanging out with us again this week. If you're ready to plan a theme park vacation or head out and explore the world, Key to the World Travel has a study hall full of expert travel planners standing by to help your travel dreams come true. 
Visit them at www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the Theme Park Professor, for all the latest theme park news and tips at www.themeparkprofessor.com. Word of mouth is always the best way to grow our show. If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globe-trotting jackassery, I'd really appreciate it if you could send them our way. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week, and we'll see you real soon. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, y'all. Don't go to fun. <laughs> to ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by Smoke Signal, Carrier Pigeon, or send an email to goldkey adventurers at gmail.com and make sure you follow the gold key adventure society on facebook and instagram a huge thanks to our sponsor key to the world travel for all your travel planning needs visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime tell them the gold key adventurers sent you that's www.keytotheworldtravel.com key to the world travel your key to a magical vacation Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure. So is there a limit to the number of dicks you can have in a show? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's at least it's at least 4 